0: Greetings, fellow wanderers in the fourth dimension. I hope you appreciate what we do for you because we <laughs> just watch Warriors of the Deep.
1: Oh crikey! Uh-huh. Well, I mean, um, are we sort of talking? Are we going to talk about this as an episode that people should see? That's our first question we should address.
0: Um, you know what? Kind of, yeah, yeah, I agree. It's it's sort of like this is sort of like one of the most bad ones. Mm. but it's kind of strange actually watching it back for, for doing this show it's simultaneously worse than i remembered but at the same time i sort of ended up going well you know maybe it's just because i've seen it quite a few times so i'm sort of like know what to expect yeah but also I mean? as well hmm?
1: i think it's because we're old now yeah that's true i think that makes a difference in watching this episode but we'll we'll discuss that as we go on
0: mm-hmm. so uh warriors of the deep let's do a quick uh, summary. Uh, Earth 2084, two global superpowers hover on the brink of war. When the TARDIS is forced to make an un- unplanned visit to Sea base 4, the Doctor, Tegan and Turlo find themselves accused of being enemy agents. Quickly embroiled in a deadly game of paranoid intrigue, it becomes clear that others on the base have sabotage and murder in mind. However, as there a greater threat to mankind, the Silurians and Sea Devils, prehistoric reptiles seeking to reclaim the Earth. Can the Doctor prevent them from in- implementing their final solution and triggering a war that could wipe out the entire human race? Uh,
1: yeah. Um <laughs> spoiler alert, yes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so um where shall we
1: start? Oh, shall we should we deal with maybe the murker in the room first? <laughs> I. Was e. Was the murker. Or <laughs> was that like called the
0: murker.
1: fuck yeah <laughs> Oh come the see, they saved the motherfucking day, yeah. All <laughs> oh, that bloody thing, but it really yeah. um the crapness of the Merker is mm-hmm. the the micro sort of in in sort of in focus mm-hmm. everything that is wrong with the production of this story. Yeah, and to explain that a little bit, um let's go back to nineteen eighty three, year of our birth. Mm-hmm. Um, Margaret Thatcher is to blame for everything again, as she calls a snap election, Bitch. and it means that. Um, the BBC is very suddenly very short of studio space, mm. and the production time of an already tight, sh- tightly scheduled show is cut by two whole weeks. Oy. Hey. Oy caramba! And the difficulties roll on from there. Mm-hmm. Um, like I say, as if they don't have enough to do in their mm-hmm. in their very really tight window of production, to lose two weeks out of it
0: mm-hmm.
1: really should have killed this serial
0: dead. Well, I think they had the option to do that, but they decided to charge on ahead. Hmm. And maybe they shouldn't have. Yeah. (laughs) Um,
1: Because I think that if, I mean, I'm not saying that if they'd had the two extra weeks, that this serial would have been necessarily any better. Hmm. I've, think that it, things like the production of it i mean obviously the the biggest problem and most obvious one being that the fact that the murka was so unfinished mm-hmm. that you can see it leaving paint smears down
0: the down the corridors <laughs> yeah i don't know i thought that was quite endearing somehow i was i was sort of put it in my mind it's like it's a bit of a slimy beast and mm. that's just it is, but it's it's still pained.
1: It's incre- that's an incredibly <laughs> generous view to take. Um, <laughs> but I was going to say, I think if people are listening to this show and they haven't seen Warriors of the Deep, I, I almost don't want you to go and just find clips of the yeah. Um You kind of have to, I would implore people to watch the whole serials, even yeah. though you're probably going to hear a lot of us slamming it. Yeah. Um to be frank, you know, again, spoiler alert for this show. If there's a lot wrong with Warriors of the Deep, but yet we're mm. saying you should watch it, and this is kind of one of the reasons is that if this might be the nadir of crap effects. Mm.
0: Hmm. I mean, and, maybe
1: this, and maybe Time Lash. Yeah. Um. I say. I. Uh, but I. Again. I think Time Lash kind of wins because they didn't have the problems on the production the Warriors did. And that's um. True. But I think, again, I, I'm sort of baffled by Warriors in that they had the option to pull the plug on this episode,
0: mm-hmm.
1: th- you know, from the beginning. But when they decide to press ahead with it, they also had the option to entirely cut the murka. Mm And I mean, although obviously it it creates problems, mm-hmm. it, it just is one of those things that you think, how did anyone watch this and go, yeah,
0: put it out? I, I mean, it's, it's, it's when you sort of like hear about Hollywood films not having, like, test screens. Mm-hmm. That's a big red flag right there. Oh, it so is, yeah. Yeah, um and it's just, uh, it, uh, I don't know. I mean, to be honest, the Silerians and the Sea Devils are kind of bad enough as they are. Mm. But then you got that fucking thing.
1: Yeah, it's its so bad. And I think that the fact that... I think Big Finish tried to redeem the murker, didn't they? I... Uh, there is a story with the
0: Murker in it, I'm sure. I think so. Yeah, that yeah, sounds about right. Let me just go check. I
1: think they tried to blag that this one was like a baby, and okay. the one that is in their episode is a grown-up one, and the, that's why the, the one in, that we've got is, is rubbish because hmm. it's like a you know a fetus essentially or something. Oh
0: yeah, oh, um, blood tide it was called. Blood tide, yes. Yeah, six of mm Hmm. Hmm. Um.
1: Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it, it just... Uh, from a production standpoint, I mean, I, I just... I think that someone should have put their foot down and said, this is not good enough and we've got to do something. Well,
0: that's the thing. I think Matt Irvin actually said to JNT, look, this isn't going to be ready. We're not going to have this ready in time. And John mm-hmm. Nathan Turner just went, fuck it, do it anyway.
1: Yeah. Um, I think I mean, it's something that... The, you know, reading up on these stories and I would say uh, if people have access to the DVD, um, mm. I highly recommend the documentaries that come with it, um, which again goes into a lot of detail about uh, the, this trouble production. Mm. Um, I think the half assedness of this mm. story is it really is, it's kind of teeth grinding, I think as a fan because mm. so it, it sort of speaks to a production crew that, you know, fair enough. They wanted to put a story out. So they didn't want to cut one. Mm-hmm. But you kind of almost wish they hadn't bothered if they're just gonna basically shit this out.
0: Hmm. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, um. I would say you were talking about the the Mirka. I mean, you. I would say you were talking about the Sea Devil and the Silurians kind of not looking very good mm. in this. Yeah. And that is something that I think I've got a sort of second as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um. I mean. <laughs> To be fair, I have to kind of maybe give them a little bit of a pass with the Sea Devils because at that point there was literally like only a head left from the originals. Mm. Um, but the, I mean, there's one bit actually on the commentary um, where, and once Janet Fielding points this out, you can't not like you can't un, not unnotice it. Mm. But there's a part, in, there's been part four where the Doctor's on the bridge of Sea Base Four and he's talking to Iktar, and there's this uh, Sea Devil in the background. But because the actors, the actors inside the costumes' heads are actually in the necks, there's very little holding the the heads up, so it's got this sort of like this lopsided <laughs> heads. Yeah. And Jenna Fielding says it's just like they're like going, "You want mate? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and every yeah. time you, just, you zero in on that, you can't even pay attention to what they're saying to one another. You're just seeing the seat up in the background. Yeah. And uh, I made a note of this from the info text. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> right, writer Johnny Byrne envisaged the Sea Devils as fast-moving commandos.
1: Bollocks! Oh, dear, oh, dear. I mean, they were Can't, never that. I, even, even in no.
0: their eponymous story, they're nothing like that. Well, even in their eponymous, eponymous story, there was, they slightly moved a bit quicker. Yes. I mean, remember that one run Pelton towards uh, the Doctor and Joe, towards the minefield? mm mm-hmm. <laughs> At least that shifted a little bit. These ones just shuffle about, and they actually bump into each other a couple of times.
1: Mm. Oh, mm. It just, it's just—it's. Um, I think the whole the whole production, not just the the creature effects, but the whole production kind mm-hmm. of has such a problem with with qu- just the, the the base quality of it. Mm. I think it, it just kind of seems all kind of mismanaged. I mean, for me, the worst part of it is mm. the fact that the seat base is bright white. So these effects are just blasted at you. Yeah. And, you know, um, I sort of read here that um, they sort of envisage this would kind of be a rusting, kind of decaying, kind of Nostromo-esque kind of knackered old sea base,
0: Which would have been fine.
1: Far but, better.
0: Yeah. But, you know, obviously, you know, the electricals in television centre, you can't really have, like, running water or anything like that. And they didn't want this sets to be too dark in case old ladies complain, saying the television was on the blink. And, mm-hmm. But it's just, it's so terrible. I mean, that was the, literally the first note I made when I was watching through Warriors of the Deep for this podcast. Seabase four sets are way too over lit. Mm.
1: But uh, it, one of those things, it was, I think that, I mean, if you look at, I would say, again, sort of prime example of that as well, Ark in Space, Mm. And that we've talked about we when we talked about Ark in Space as well obviously no when a, a great story Ark Space but again bright white just mm. kind of hurts your eyes bright white yeah. Um I mean because we had when we had our bathroom done at our last house it was all white <laughs> white tiles so we Ooh. used to call it the nervous station because <laughs> it was when the light hit it it was just like it <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, it's, it's kind of, it's the prime example of if, I mean, we've talk, I've talked about this on, I think when I've been on Admiral's Tables, mm. if you go to the BBC and say, I want a period mm. show or this, show, this episode of Doctor Who set in the 17th century, you will get period, like year accurate costumes, mm. beautiful design work. Mm. you'll get some old biddies is some old uh, aristocrat's house for a weekend and you know make it up and it'll be beautiful and lush and every you know, and you the bbc just goes and these things appear if you mm. say it's set in the year the space year bloody bloody blah you get very white textured hexagon <laughs> wallpaper and a corridor and that's it <laughs> Yeah, and it really took Alien, I think, mm-hmm. and things like Silent Running to mm-hmm. say, you know, in the future things will still be broken, and you'll get like space truckers on grimy things, and you'll get bases which are decaying. And just mm. because it's set in the year twenty
0: one such and such, mm-hmm. it doesn't
1: mean that everything's white and everyone wears beige.
0: Yeah, I mean that's it. You think it'd be easy to do like the knackered sort of like? Well, just do what they do now. Just go to an old brewery or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's true I mean uh yeah, <sighs> yeah so I, I think that
1: um, again sort of I'm um, going back to one of my old best resources the about time series of books mm-hmm. and um, sort of reading this that um, it, it seems to be kind of a concentration of everything that could go wrong being wrong and sort of again this kind of I'm not going to blame the unions as such but <clears throat> this kind of unionized sort of very segmented production regime the BBC had of this Mm -hmm. lot does this job and this lot does that job
0: Mm -hmm. never
1: the twain shall meet and if someone does someone else's job off that thing it's a strike and all these sort of things and it's kind of all the worst laziest elements of a production that's been going on at this point for 20 years Mm -hmm. continuously basically Um, it's kind of all the worst quickest stuff they could do has been kind of concentrated into one one sort of bad, real bad example. Mm-hmm. It's like my thing of, like, the Brussels sprout is the concentrated worst example of every vegetable. <laughs> this is, like, the concentrated worst example of 80s Who. Mm-hmm. And possibly... I mean, because as they point out in About Time, it's kind of... If you're a, a casual viewer watching this, this is... Every cliche that you know about Doctor Who, the wobbly sets, the shit monsters, the mm-hmm. actors that just fall down dead, bad... <clears throat> Can we just say about the? I will come back to the acting in this. Um, You know, screamy companions, super wet doctor, everything. Mm -hmm. Oh, literally was
0: a super wet doctor. Oh
1: yes, yeah. But I mean, literally, (laughs) uh, metaphorically, wet doctor. Mm. Everything that you think you know about Doctor Who as a casual viewer Mm -hmm. is kind of displayed by this Mm -hmm. in, in in its worst form. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Have I killed it? Yeah <laughs> uh, you've killed it. <laughs> oh right, okay. Well let's let's drag it back to something else. Let's talk about the guest stars in this. Most notably Ingrid
0: Pitt. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah. <laughs> let's Ingrid talk about Pitt, Ingrid. Eh? Pitt. Yeah. yeah. Um Props to um the director. For because Pennant Roberts originally, Dr. Solo was supposed to be a male, and Pennant Roberts decided that I think I think I should think Ingrid Pitt approached him Mm. and said, Hey, can I be in Doctor Who again? because she was already in the time monster, her and her bosoms, Um, and um, hell, (laughs) yeah, oh, yeah, Um, and he went, Yeah, she changed it, and that's absolutely fine. But the problem is sort of, well, she and Nielsen. Mm. They well it's I think it's yeah, spoilers but we'll do it anyway. They're actually working for the other side, <gasps> the them side. Yes. Um and really, I mean, apart from setting Maddox away on his task, they really don't do very much, to be honest. They just like stand In- around and plot a bit.
1: Ingrid Pitt then- does karate kick the murker. The most important oh. part of this whole episode
0: of this whole serial. I was going to get to that. I was no, sorry, to break, sorry. I was trying to break people in gently. Oh, okay. All right,
1: all right, all right. Go cool, carry on. Um. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, she learned those karate moves from Elvis.
0: <laughs> I can see what they were trying to do, but it was the choreography on it was so poor because mm. the can't. The poor blokes inside the murder can't fucking see what they're doing.
1: Yeah, we just should just point out that the Merkle was operated by two blokes inside it, like a pantomime horse.
0: Yeah. And In fact, they're the two blokes who did who played the pantomime horse in Rent-A-Ghost. Fun so, fact. Yeah. And, but so, it's like, I'm, I'm trying to say, like, how best to, like, describe this out-and-out out fight sequence.
1: Yeah, okay, I would say... <laughs> Uh, if if you're someone who is responsible for the laundry in your house, mm-hmm. if you are the person who has to put the duvet back on the bed <laughs> yourself, <laughs> if the murka is the duvet and you're in grip it...
0: <laughs> With extra added karate kick, yes. let's, let's be... Well, judo kick, let's be honest.
1: <laughs> OK, so you're doing that, but someone is also trying to ask you a series of complicated questions. Yeah. That's what it's like... <laughs>
0: Yeah, Jesus Christ. Right, uh, so but
1: we're trying to get away from the bad points, right? right okay. so we're um, trying, we're, let, we're trying to pull something worthy out of this. So okay. it, it's a big get for who to get someone like Ingrid Pitt. I mean, hmm. you know, Scream Queen, Ingrid Pitt. Yeah. And the fact that she is at a point that she feels like she wants to approach the production herself. Because mm-hmm. she wants to get away for, again, a sort of Scream Queen kind of mm-hmm. Uh, um, reputation. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it, but it, it does make me think of Earthshock.
0: Hmm. Oh yeah. Beryl Reed.
1: Yeah. With Beryl Reed. You, you think, bless oh. Beryl Reed, but she doesn't know what's going on. <laughs> in fact, this <laughs> whole thing reminds me <laughs> <you> of Earthshock.
0: <laughs> yeah. In fact, well, I think, uh, didn't Johnny Byrne actually, you know, say to Eric Sayward, Hey, you know, I really liked Earthshock. I kind of want to do this. It's very similar because, you know, it's a lot of sort of like quick scenes and there's nothing like really sort of um, dragged and A lot of action set pieces, I say action. You know. Right.
1: OK, so here's an interesting question. Right. We right. both like Earthshock. Yes. Yeah? We yes. both don't really like this if we're mm-hmm. honest and put our hands yeah. on our heart or, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's, it's OK. Right. If we're yeah. going to have that as our baseline. So if they're both similar,
0: mm-hmm.
1: why do we like Earthshock
0: but don't like this? Um, because one of the most vilified companions dies in it?
1: I was going to say, is it just because Adric dies? So Possibly. if you take Adric dying out of a shock, mm. you can say we both have, so they're quite similar in that we have um, a, a massively overlit <laughs> a space <laughs> in the future, um, mm-hmm. some returning villains... Mm-hmm. Um some deeply confused female um famous person uh acting spots mm-hmm. um some screechy fifth doctor action. Mm, a lot of people die. A lot of people die. Oh that's mm-hmm. it that's an uh, that is an Eric Sayward tip. Oh yeah. Kill everybody yeah except Pretty your much. main cast. <laughs> um So I mean it's it's sort of a similar is it just literally because the production was so rushed on Warriors? that they've made mistakes you can't forgive or would be sort of fixed in post, if you like.
0: Hmm. I think...
1: Or is it because it's purely a, a reflex of, like, you know, Earthshock B, if you like, isn't quite as good as Earthshock A?
0: Yeah. I think, I think it's partly that. But also what Earthshock has also in its favour is... Oh, well, obviously at that point, when it was first being broadcast, nobody knew the Cybermen were coming back. So that part one cliffhanger is actually quite a big shock. Yeah, they just avoid have... them at once, bit, yes. Yeah, um, because you've just got these sort of, like, androids running around. You, know, you, you sort of don't assume that they're just sort of, like, the, the henchmen of the the main big bad. You don't really know what's going on, and then you get the Cyberman reveal. Here, you get the Silurians in it within about, what, seven minutes? If that, yeah. Of the episode starting. Mm-hmm and uh, I uh, yeah i mean well yeah i mean apart from that it's it's they're very you know well i
1: think as well earthshock is also it's much better paced mm. this this one is quite oddly paced as well mm. cuz like the the set pieces kind of bunch up at the ends of things and it's mm-hmm. kind of not you it, it's one of those stories that i sort of find myself looking at the clock when i'm watching it
0: yeah also, I think Earthshock, I mean, we, we say about the lighting, I think actually the lighting was a lot better, as I remember, from in Earthshock. It is
1: better, yeah. It's much yeah. more subtle. I mean, um, I mean, especially when the men are kind of unleashed. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the the basement or wherever it is they are, it is dark, to be fair, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, it, I, I think, they say, I mean, I'm being quite harsh on Earthshock. Mm-hmm. I must say, but that is just sort of for the sake of like a discussion point. Because if yeah. you sort of if you if you look at these side by side, they are quite
0: mm. Honestly, they are quite similar. They are carbon copies. I mean, I mean it's the same thing as uh, I've said about Remembrance of the Daleks and Silver Nemesis. Yeah, they are essentially you know, the same with a, thing with a few tweaks. You know, they're pretty much like yeah, like you say, the same. But I think it's the production, and again, you we'll have to go back to the lighting. It's far mm. worse. I mean, it is like a million
1: lumens on that set I mean you would have to wear sunglasses on there surely it's it's, it's ridiculous also I think for me it's the production I think the BBC actually in general Mm -hmm. seems to think the Silurians particularly are much more iconic than the fan base thinks they are hmm because um, I don't know if it's just me, but I mean, because obviously the Cybermen, you know, number one or number two villains, you know, mm-hmm. below arguably just one step below the Daleks or equally so. Mm. But for some reason, especially now, now that since we had uh, Hungry Earth and things like that, yeah. they, the, BB, the production seems to make a lot more of a fuss about all oh, the Silurians, but I feel like the, the fan base isn't really that into them as much.
0: No.
1: I, I don't know if that's just me. Yeah, I
0: don't know. I mean, a lot of people seem to like Vastra, but then... Oh, again, yeah, but she's... that's
1: because she's... Again, yeah. but loads of people like Strax, but I think mm. a lot of people couldn't give a toss about the
0: Santarans. No. Yeah, I think I think as a whole, people don't really care that much. But when you have, like, one or two good characters amongst, in their fold... Mm. Yes. Yeah, you get that. I mean, but here you've got, like, Iktar, Skiwis, and Tarpok... Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, it's only said that Iktar was from Doctor Who and the Silurians. he was like the survivor mm-hmm. from that from the fallout of that story, but you know I, again, I mean, this was sort of like the the continuity heavy yes. part of Doctor Who's existence, you know I mean because you know the previous year you had like fellows like Omega coming back and things like that, so it was it was still this sort of self referential bit. Which is all very well and good if you actually saw the original episodes. Because, I mean, back in the day, you know, home video was still in its infancy at this point. So, Oh, yeah. I
1: mean, and as well, I think that when the first... I mean, and as well, the, the price point of VHS was a massive problem. Because mm. at Longleat, when they start with the sort of the first videos being sold. So I think the first one was a very sort of cut down version of Revenge of the Cybermen. You were looking at 40 quid for a VHS tape. Which and in 1983 money? Wow, that is you know I mean what it's like the thick end of eighty quid now, isn't it? Pretty much something like that for for and not even the full thing, an hour edit,
0: and not for not even a particularly good
1: story either. No, so I mean for and I mean the actual machines to play the things were ridiculous money as well.
0: <laughs> um, Do you know? What? It always reminds me of um, one of PK's stand-up routines. Where um, when I think it was his grandparents first got a VCR. And uh, they would actually go into the kitchen while while they were recording something because they thought their voices would carry on to the tape.
1: Exactly. Things like that. Those top-loading things. Oh, the old top-loader things. (laughs) I remember things like um, having to change the tracking on things if they were... Mm. Messed up and yeah, I mean, because, um, I mean, and also the deterioration of VHS tapes, uh, it was just ridiculous as well. Mm. I mean, the amount of tapes I've lost to have been chewed up by a VHS by a record by a tape deck is just ridiculous. But anyway, um, I mean, just the price point of VHS was so much that it just really wasn't practical for especially young fans. And Mm. let's also remember that a lot of this stuff didn't exist. Yeah. It's only, I mean, because the, the first Silurian story, I think, was missing still at this point.
0: Very probably, I
1: think. I think it was missing. Or it was yeah. in sort of very shitty, kind of black and white only, mm. um, tapes, off right, air type because, things.
0: Yeah, because I, um, I remember reading the infotext uh, segments on the DVD, and it said they actually sent Johnny Byrne a sort of like, a copy of Silurians and the Sea Devils, but it was such low quality, he couldn't actually watch them.
1: yeah exactly um yeah yeah i mean because um chuck was i mean sort of around at sort of the proto dawn of tape trading and things like that and Mm. i mean he's told me stories about literally watching kind of 12th generation um (laughs) copies of things and to the point it was basically in negative
0: oh wow
1: (laughs) and um you know the silurians was was kind of one of those. And so expecting people to kind of pick up on references from stuff that really practically wasn't available mm-hmm. is really quite, I don't know, it just seems quite odd. Yeah yeah or, or they were getting their their information from things so like production notes, mm-hmm. which were wrong, so yeah. now we can see both things, which of course they is something they wouldn't really uh, fully anticipate at this point, they hmm. kind of don't marry, even though no. the production spent really far too much time
0: worrying about the continuity, yeah, and even then they're still getting together right because I think it wasn't it um the Doctor's... Sadly, I tried to help them twice before. Now, I think you're just referring to the Silurians there. Mm-hmm. But obviously, you know, you've got Doctor Who the Silurians and the Sea Devils, so unless he's conflating the two. Yeah. But, mm, still.
1: <laughs> um, I would say, just going back to the point of... It, the the production office sort of thinks we're way more into Silurians than people actually are. Mm-hmm. I think a bit of my problem with the Silurians is because uh, they're Homo reptilia, right? Mm-hmm. So they sort of they're just like us, but lizard people essentially. Yeah. So in the way they kind of become heavy-handed metaphor machine of the week.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: pretty much. Um, which is something that I sort of struggle with watching the Silurians, um, yeah. and you know uh, the iconic final line of this uh, this show Mm -hmm. there should have been another way um i think uh, like i say i think that that's kind of i mean even in things like hungry earth it's kind of the same Mm
0: -hmm.
1: um it's so easy to kind of just do a full like planet of the apes kind (laughs) of heavy-headed moral tale with them
0: yeah but the one thing that sort of bugged me watching through this, you know, the Doctor says, oh, no, they're a noble and peaceful race. Mm. They're the ones who start in this shit.
1: Yeah, I mean, because the Doctor really seems to to hold up the Silurians as a as a kind of an ideal,
0: almost. Mm. But
1: every time we see them, they're kind of shit. Yeah. And behave shittily. Yeah. Uh,
0: mm. But, you yeah, um, know, I mean, I suppose he wants to give them a fair chance. But, you know, like I say they're the ones who are starting this shit. They're the ones who are, like, sending out the Merka to, you know, wreck up the sea base and try and... so they can wipe out humanity. Mm. You know, I mean, yeah, fair enough they've got a point because, you know... They were here first, to be fair to them. Yeah. And, you know, the last time the, the like, were doing stuff, you know, Yuna came in and wiped the floor with them. Mm. You know, so I, I don't, you know, do- disagree that they're a bit ticked off, but at the same time, you know, the Doctor's giving all this and just like no
1: no i think i I do think that i don't know is if it literally just goes back to he feels like he let them down the first time Mm -hmm. because he didn't stop the brigadier but when you watch the silurians it's difficult to not be on the brigadier's side yeah
0: no you're quite right i mean i don't
1: i don't want to be i mean because it it's kind of as, as Doctor Who fans, we kind of expect to follow the doctor's moral choices because mm-hmm. generally, when you're sitting at home and the doctor's saying this is wrong and blah blah blah, you're generally on board. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to Silurian stuff, especially, mm-hmm. I don't know, obviously, because I'm a person I'd really re- don't really want to die of like Silurian plague or being mm-hmm. nuked or anything, no. so I find it difficult to get behind them. Mm. And I think it, it's it's difficult for me as a viewer because obviously the Doctor sees the big picture always, yeah. so he's not a human. So he basically comes and sees. Well, look, this thought we're here first, and you came second, and you guys should both be living here fine together. But then, obviously, the the Silurians kind of have the same problem as us. Mm-hmm. In that they're quite some people are quite hawkish. Yeah, <laughs> And really go we really should just wipe out everyone else and we'll just reclaim the Earth. Mm-hmm. And it's difficult to get behind that, especially when your hero is going, go for it. <laughs> absolutely do that. Or not mm. absolutely do that, but um, Ravi didn't do that, but I'm not going to really stop you much.
0: Mm. Yeah. We're, we're obviously, yes, in this one, he does have the hexachromite. Guy's lethal to marine and reptile life. That'll come in that handy. Quite Quite happily points out. <laughs> when they go into the camera oh jesus christ i mean this this uh, should we talk about the actual writing
1: yes because i was about to say now we've kind of spent 20 minutes talking about things that are wrong with it (laughs) Mm -hmm. let's talk about what's right with it Mm -hmm. namely um the cold war stuff
0: yeah that's actually quite cool yes because you know it's it's Set for I mean, obviously, yes, What the time it was written, it was 1983 84. The, the Cold War as we know it was still ongoing. Mm-hmm. But at the time, there was no way to know that that wasn't still going to be the case. But what they do is they separate it out enough. They give it a hundred years, you know, diff- time difference, and they never actually say who's involved. Yes. It just says two power blocks. Now, I think in the novelization, they actually did make it East versus the West. But it's sort of nebulous enough. That it could be, you know, it could be sort of like the Arab states versus the West or say China or something. It's like, there's no set. I mean, the, the only things you know are like the, the characters here on Seabase 4 are mostly sort of like Westerners, sort of European. Because mm. you've, uh, you've got, you got you know, um, Solo, Ingrid Pitt, who is, I believe, Polish. Mm-hmm. And you've know, got a character named Warshak, Nilsson, Bulik, uh, Maddox. And um, Preston. So they're they like they're sort of like the West side. Yeah. But you'd never really see
1: the, ace,
0: know, the, the east. Speak. the East yeah. the the other team the other guys. Mm. You know. And I have to sort of like bring this up a bit. I I always thought with uh Nielsen, certainly Nielsen, the first time you see him there may as well be a big sign over his head saying, Evil <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I think it would have been personally if I had been writing it myself, which I wouldn't be because I can't no. write shit. But I would have like maybe he's pitched it so like he is on the US team, mm. but he's become so disillusioned with it. He wants like an end to it, but he, and he wants to defect, and that's why he's taking the programming disc mm. to like hand over as like a token, say hey, I want to join you guys. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Rather than just him being, like, an enemy agent. Yeah. Because yeah, I think it's a little bit too obvious. Mm.
1: Well, so that problem aside, I think mm. this is why I refer to it. It's good that we're old watching this. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, we were both born in 83, so we're both 32 now. Mm-hmm. Um, When we were little, we were kind of born at the arse end of the Cold War. Mm-hmm. So it was something that was kind of ending... When yeah. we were growing up, because so, I mean, well, so the wall came down in 89, Nine. I want to say, yeah. 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 So, I mean, we were six. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so effectively overnight, the Cold War was over. I mean, yeah. I remember going to school and we had geography books with just a big pink block in it that said USSR, mm-hmm. and that wasn't there anymore. Yeah. It was just gone. You know, it was yeah. over. And it had been like this for, you know, decades. Yes. So as sort of we've grown up kind of learning about it as a thing that happened not something that's happening. Mm-hmm. So when you go back and watch uh, things like this mm-hmm. it's it's really interesting to kind of as a sort of a, a historian of TV or someone who's grown up you know watching things in the 70s 60s 70s and 80s mm-hmm.
0: um
1: going it, that's where the real interest lies in these stories is going back and watching these things as kind of a historical artifact Mm -hmm, and and in retrospect and then sort of you can think and it's interesting about how people kind
0: of express those cold war feelings in the fiction Mm -hmm. yeah i mean look at maddox for example Mm. the character although he does spend a lot of his time under mind control and trying to smash the place up yeah there's a there's a bit in the very early parts of episode one where he's, like, he's physically sweating buckets because mm. he knows that... Because, I mean, this guy is sort of like... He's just sort of like a student, right? But he's ended up in charge of effectively being the finger on the button. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's the, one of the things that's sort of like... You know, they talk about mutually assured destruction and all that and, you know, weapons of death pointing at one another, each other's countries. But you still... At the end of the day, there's still one person... At the end of it all, who has to push the button mm. and unleash hell, literally. Yeah. And you just sort of think, how the fuck would you do that? Yeah. Could you do that in, like, good conscience?
1: Well, I mean, there is... If there is. I can't remember the fella's name, but there was... There's an incident which you can read about. Um, mm. It's sort of about... I read about it on Cracked, first of all, about sort of nuclear near-misses and things like this. Mm. But it was literally... There was... Um, a it was it was like a missile test or something that went off course. Mm. So of course it showed up on all the Russian radars as looking like a first strike.
0: Yeah. And I so think, I think I remember this because I think I remember reading about this when um the series seven episode Cold War was coming out. Yes, yeah. It was set this this happened in eighty three actually. Yes you happened I in believe, 83. I believe it was actually a faulty radar on yes. the Russians part. And the guy sitting at the desk, who would be the one to push the button, so like Nope, no, it's not it. No. Yeah, no, and you know, cooler heads prevailed. Yeah, but I mean, can you imagine? But it could have gone. Mm. Yeah, it but can you gone. imagine
1: it? I mean, just being this person, being strong enough mentally, to say no, and you yeah. got all these generals screaming at you. Yeah, to press the button because they think it's it's obviously they want to retaliate. Mm-hmm. So the immense pressure. Mm-hmm. Of just even the knowledge that you are going to have to be the one to do it.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I mean, I think that it's it, it like you say, the, the character of Maddox in this mm-hmm. is so interesting looking at that. I mean, you say because I mean, again, it probably was the case in this country, too. But in Russia, mm-hmm. obviously, by the time you get into the mid sort of the early to mid 80s, mm-hmm. the the Soviet power block is starting to crumble and the military had deteriorated to the point that it probably was just kids, basically 19, 20-year-olds mm. sitting there in charge of all this. Yeah. Oy. Don't think about it too much because you won't mm. sleep tonight. I yeah. was going to say, because, I mean, as well, 83, although we sort of talk about it in retrospect, as being sort of towards the end, it wasn't really. It was still... No. It, I mean, obviously, tensions sort of go up and down all the yeah. time. And then things would sort of escalate and then go back down. I mean, and I was going to say, I'll go on about it all the time, but Threads was coming out. I mean, 83 was, Threads was out. Ugh. 83 was when the Protect and Survive videos were made. Oh, fuck me. If you've never seen the Protect and Survive videos... Don't! Fucking nightmare fuel. Oh, so much. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I mean, they were never they, they were never actually released to the public... Mm. But the idea was if a strike was gonna be imminent oh, yeah, they the would go on the T V.
0: Yeah. The four minute warning, yeah, that's gonna help. Fucking hell.
1: Not four, mate, it's three. I think it's three, three minutes What's or three minute or minute two warning. two or right. three minute
0: warning, yeah. No, 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 the two minute warnings from American football.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> Go Lions. Um but, yeah. <laughs> trust me, some watching some Lions well, games, I feel if you've given me the button I would be hammering it. <laughs>
0: Well, we have, to, we have to be fair on in our, in our balanced view of the NFL because, you know, we do have Rochelle on uh, Team Simply Syndicate. She talks about the Seahawks a hell of a lot. So, you know, got to have some representation. Oh, this could be the... interesting.
1: The Lions are playing the Seahawks in week four.
0: Are they? Yes. Oh, shit. I'm going to get some popcorn yeah. and just read Twitter.
1: Because
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be fucking epic. Mm,
1: <laughs> it's going to be epic. And probably <laughs> I'm going to be be the one who's sad at the end of the day. But never mind. We'll give no, it a go. Yeah. Um. Anyway. <laughs> anyway.
0: <laughs> what um, do you
1: yeah, so the Protection and Vibe videos um, were basically made to be put out, at kind of a, essentially, the last minute. If something was going to kick off, <laughs> that's going to help. <laughs> yeah, it's going to. Well, I mean, the advice in it is kind of it's comically just like, like none of this will help. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, <laughs> the best. The best. I was going to say the 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 scariest bit. I mean, because I yeah. the first time I saw the them, best. it was um, <laughs> I was at the BFI. And it was talking about kind of like the old advertising and things. They had like the the Tufty Club and things like that Mm -hmm. and the Green Cross Code Man. And um, they showed, (laughs) just to bring the mood down a bit, they showed um, the last Protect and Survive videos, the the, the last episode, which is, and it has sort of a very kind of very BBC announcer bloke saying, Mm. if a member of your family dies in the fallout, wrap them in several plastic bags and leave them on the side of the road with a label clearly displaying their name.
0: oh lovely I mean never mind the residu- residual radiation poisoning you would get, but well it's no. either
1: that or catch some sort of plague off Nana's corpse yeah Hick.
0: god Urgh.
1: so that was what we had to look forward to yeah Thumbs well up. mind you I wouldn't have because I live near London so I've probably been obliterated in the first oh, yeah. go so which fair enough I probably want that you don't want to mm. be hanging around do you
0: nah I'd be, I'd be
1: running towards yeah I was going to say just with a big target on your head yeah, here please on.
0: fucking bring it <laughs> Come at me bro. Come at me bro. Don't mute uh, me bro. <laughs>
1: um cuz I think anyway, um, anyway, <laughs> side note on this, but I think the other the other interesting aspect of this is mixing this with the computer stuff. Mm. So you've got essentially cyberpunk.
0: Yeah. It is quite. It is a little bit cyberpunk, although it's way too overlit. Um, mm-hmm. Because you've got like you've, Maddox has got these sort of implants in his head, which allow him to like connect directly to the computer. Because he has to be the one to either start it or stop it. Mm. And um, I mean, it just goes to show. I mean, the, the Doctor's heroism because he can do it without having anything implanted in his head. He's yeah. a fucking time lord. He can do whatever you whatever he wants. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, and, and, you know, you've got these sort of, like, all backup... it's sort of like, effectively mini-discs, before there were mini-discs, mm. um, to, to um, condition Maddox. I mean, I, nothing good can come from that, but you know what I mean? Um, to just, sort of like, make sure you can do the job. Obviously, that gets abused. Um, but, yeah, you know, it's, it's very quite cyberpunk, even though the are like, shit.
1: But, I mean, the the idea is there. OK, mm-hmm. so, yeah. I mean, again, this is an early, this is quite an early example. I mean, when did Neuromancer come
0: out? Uh, oh, good question. Let me go look that up. Talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> Neuromancer.
1: Which I think is basically... 84.
0: There you so, go. Right about the same time, actually.
1: I mean, because I think isn't... I mean, I'm, I must say, cyberpunk is not really kind of one of my areas of great knowledge, but isn't Neuromancer mm. sort of generally acknowledged to be kind of the the first kind of... The sort of
0: first best
1: kind of example of that
0: subgenre. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Published uh, July first, nineteen eighty four. So, and I think Roy's came out in January. Yep. Yeah, but uh, *Neuromancer* won the fiction science fiction triple crown: the Nebula, the Philip K. Dick Award, and the Hugo Award. So.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fair enough. But <laughs> I'm not saying that, like, obviously, Doctor Who is a much more superior example, but it's another example of. <laughs> But it's it's one of the examples of Doctor Who and their writers really being on kind of the cutting edge of what mm. of of what's kind of new and trendy in in, in science fiction and fantasy writing. Yeah. So although people are doing it much better than Who, mm-hmm. and I'm not <laughs> going to say anything different than than that, frankly. Mm. But it's it's kind of one of those things of it, obviously that people are talking to other people and people are reading scripts and you know talking in pubs and. All this sort of thing. So these ideas kind of accumulate round, and they do. Doctor Who does have a kind of a knack of getting these things on the screen, kind of right when the like the the re, mm. sort of everyone else is catching on with it as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. Also, have to give a shout because um, obviously we do have the ending, yes, the very ending of the serial because it's very rare you actually see the Doctor pretty much fail. I mean, yeah, it does mm-hmm. save the world, but. You know, it's a great cast. I mean, like I say, there's literally only like four people left alive on the sea base, himself included.
1: Mm. But it's kind of one of those endings where the Doctor goes, oh,
0: "Should have been another way."
1: Mm. Oh well, then off to the yep. next place. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> um, there's a few examples of that in Who Law, mm. and but to be honest, when you have a setup like this, it's never going to end super well. Mm. And really, that's kind of the point of it. Mm um that it's kind of, it's it's kind of almost it's one of those ones of you, you it's the sort of the least worst outcome yeah for uh, for us anyway yeah. as humans obviously not for the <laughs> the silurians <laughs> yeah um, um i was i'll say um now you carry on
0: no i'll just um was going to say about some of the acting um tom adams is Vorschach no, he's he's quite all right for the most part. But then there's like parts when you have like the Silurians and the Sea Dells like on the bridge, you know, and he's refusing to cooperate. There's there's bits. I mean, I don't want to slam the guy, but there's parts where it's like, it kind of like looks like he's like one of these fastidious actors who like sticks wholeheartedly to the script. And it's kind mm-hmm. of like the Sea the Silurians are going off script because the way he's like, he's got his arms folded, and he's looking up, because he's just like he's just blanking them. He doesn't want to assist them, but it kind of makes him look like he's going nope, not in the script not doing it, not acting not in the script.
1: <laughs> um yeah, I think I I think to be honest, again that sort of comes back to the fact the production had much less time. Mm-hmm. I mean because they were still in a, in a in a sort of a, a place where they would rehearse and mm-hmm. then record. Yeah. So I feel like a lot of these takes would if they'd had the extra time would have, the these performances would have been ironed out. Mm-hmm. But I, I think they just they didn't have the the days. No. Mm.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I, I, I think that in this, it's kind of one of the the less well acted, yeah, uh, serials. This one, mm-hmm. and I, I think that, it, like I say, it's kind of a combination of these factors. But I think that the acting does
0: let it down mm-hmm. in
1: this one. I think the other
0: thing is like a lot of like, for the vast majority. I mean, yeah, you've got you've got we've named some characters, but it's like they're pretty much non entities. They're just sort of there. You know, there's, n- there's not really... You know, that's the evil guy. That's the evil doctor. You know, he's the person who's supposed to be in charge of the missiles, but is mind-controlled and just messing things up. There's really not much to... But then again, you know, at this point in time, there wasn't really much in the way of characterization of this. You know, there's no sort of, like, moments where they... Like, I mean, yeah, you do have... um uh, 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 What's her name? I think Karina, I think, it, when she has that uh, quick little heart-to-heart to ma- with Maddox, when he has this little mm-hmm. moment and he leaves the bridge... But even then, that's sort of like just like, it's like a really nice way of just saying suck it up, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um But it's like the kind of really like non entities. I mean, so when they all end up mostly dying, it kind of can't feel sad, yeah.
1: Mm. Again, sort of that sort of prime example of. Um, I mean, you have this in kind of every Doctor Who serial almost, especially Mm. at this time period. You'd have kind of the main sort of two or three people who are like get a lot of lines and Mm -hmm. argue with the Doctor or the main baddie and the main sort of be goodie or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But there always are a few kind of randos in the background who are just there to be shot, essentially, Mm, or or run away or just say (laughs) one sort of line or...
0: Or get electrocuted by the Merker.
1: Or get electrocuted by the murker. Um, <laughs>
0: oh, God, I completely forgot about it. You know that bit um, where it's just, like, the sea-based personnel, not even, like, the guards, who are, mm. like, pressing themselves against the wall to hide against from the murker, and just, like, swipe, swipes it with its tail and electrocutes the wall? And they're all like... Uh, uh, and so, like, fall <laughs> slowly mm. to the ground. I mean, yeah, OK, it's the television centre studio floor. I can't imagine it'll be, like, cushiony soft. But, you know, there's, like...
1: Uh, again but it's kind of that thing of it, it's sort of the thing that came to be known as Doctor Who acting
0: Yeah,
1: it's like this thing that if you are an extra on Doctor Who this is the way you die <laughs> or you know someone who sort of puts too much effort into it because mm-hmm. they obviously want to get their next job or something yeah. so they really want to kind of show off yes. so I'm trying to think of another, another good example of this I want to say Horns of Nymons like this as well probably very probably um, yeah, I mean, it again. It sort of suffers from sort of anonymous <laughs> randos and over-exaggerated dying and yeah things like that. Well, um, the
0: thing with Horns of Naimon is like everybody, everybody else in the guest cast is so completely overshadowed by Graham Crowden and a soul deed. Oh yes, but, yes. But how could you not be? Uh, <laughs> so this is the great journey of life. <laughs> <laughs> my dreams of conquest <laughs> you have brought this
1: calamity upon me <laughs> see yeah. I, that, I think that's what that's kind of almost really what the warriors lacks is this kind of if you have something like that to latch on to yeah i think it, this would kind of but, it would go down as kind of like cheese classic mm,
0: i think though i don't even know if that would work for warriors of the deep mm. because well, cause it's meant to be super serious yeah. isn't it yeah yeah Cause I mean, like, Horns of Nyman, yeah, I mean, but it's like smack in the middle of Tom Baker's run when he was just like making shit up, mm. you know. And you know, you've actually got, you know, other characters, you know, the companions have got a bit more whack to them, like Romana. You know, in that scene we sort of quote from Horns of Nyman, she's shouting Soldi down just as much as he's shouting her down, mm. you know. But you can't, you know. I mean, yeah, you suppose you've got Tegan, the mouth on legs, but.
1: Yeah, they seem kind of. I must say, Tegan and Turlow in this, they seem kind of subdued. Mm. And I think again, it is one of the things that we always talk about when we end up talking about Fifth Doctor is that crowded Tardis.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: There's just not enough for both of them to do. No, I mean Nissa isn't around anymore, but um, there's still there's two there's what well, at least one too many in there. Yeah.
0: So here's the th- here's a question. So who would you have rather been with the doctor tegan or turlo tegan 100
1: mm. percent tegan yeah because if we're talking about this as a moral play mm-hmm. you want the one who's going to be saying no doctor this is wrong mm-hmm. or going off on her own path or sort of adamantly putting her foot down as of sort of the sort of black and white morality of like this is right this is wrong mm-hmm. so you want that kind of opposition against the doctor
0: yeah
1: Turlow isn't going
0: to give you that yeah mm. But I mean, although there's a there's a point in part four, you know, where the Doctor says, where well, he goes on again about the Silurians being noble creatures, But Turlo, you know, he doesn't shut him down; he just goes, "Yeah, but that's not going to change what's what's about to happen. You've got to do something," you know.
1: Well, I mean, because Turlo is kind of like the the great pragmatist, I'm going to say, but I feel like if. At this stage, although he's not evil anymore because no. he's not under the Black Guardians' influence, substantially, mm-hmm. you feel like if things went wrong, you would kind of go. Actually, Silurians, what about the little live somewhere else? <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, it's Turlough's so strange in this one because mm. yeah, he's still a bit cowardly, you know, but it's it's, it's so strange because this. Uh, in part four when tegan and whoever else it was goes off to try and help and find the doctor he's the one staying behind with the other person going you know, why should i get myself killed but in the in just the previous episode which would have been broadcast what the day before at this point in time mm-hmm. so this was yeah because like the...
1: when it was two and two was yeah it? yeah
0: which, is always, I always that which was it didn't really... help it no. either
1: by the way no. yeah
0: but you know, is the one who goes charging onto the bridge, rifle in hand, and demands that the airlock doors be open so the Doctor and Tegan can get out. It's, yeah, the, the, the so characterization
1: is weird. It's so inconsistent. But I think that that affects Turlow the whole time he's on the show. Mm. His his characterization is so strange in places because they can't decide quite what yeah. they want to do with him anymore. Yeah. Hmm. But the point is, I mean, again, the reason why we sort of we wanted to talk about this episode mm-hmm. is, I mean, obviously because it, it's super easy to pick holes in, and you yeah. should pick holes in it because there's a lot wrong with it, yeah. right? Yeah. But at the in in the in the finish, the the central idea, mm-hmm. although not pulled off correctly, mm-hmm. if this story was what it should have been, which was a sweaty, tense, dirty, grimy, Cold War thriller, mm-hmm. um. It, it it would have been a masterpiece,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but uh, taking of what it is, just if you look at that nucleus of a story, mm-hmm. that's really interesting. Yeah. And there is the, and there is little nuggets of good stuff in here.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, it's like we always say with with like Doctor Who is like even like the bad episodes have a good idea behind it. It's just the production yes. just can't either pull off what you know the. The writers envisaged because obviously you know it's not like the the million pound budget sort of stuff that it is today you know i mean like this should have been more like cold war the episode yes it should have yeah and i think even even if they just you know not forgotten about those old biddies at home and actually just had the balls to darken the set i think it Mm. might have might not, it might
1: have been able To get away with yeah, it, it
0: might not They would have been
1: able To hide some of those Effects too Which yeah. would have helped But I think What I think Sticks in the craw For me a bit With this one mm-hmm. Is because we've got We've had a lot of things Which we A phrase that we've We use a lot on this show Which is ambitious But rubbish yeah. In that they Had an idea Of what they wanted to do So Stuff like the web planet In that they mm-hmm. had A really good It's a good script mm-hmm. But the, the technology At the time Just was not up To what they wanted to do no. But with this one, there's an element of half arsery in this yeah. which grates. Mm-hmm. Because even if we couldn't pull it off, they put maximum effort into it. Mm-hmm. You know, and the turnaround of it was remarkable. But with Warriors, you feel like people were just like, Yeah, whatever, put it out, it will be fine. Mm-hmm. And every
0: department seemed to do that. Mm-hmm. It's and yeah, For yeah. me it's like a sense of like, oh fuck it, let's just get it done. Just get it out there, yeah. yeah. Because I mean that, like, it's, like we've said at the start of the episode, that's kind of how it was. I mean, especially with the Merker, you know, Matt Irvin said, "I don't think I can get, we can't get this done, you know, decently." But J and T mm. just went, "No, just do it, just, just do it, yeah. yeah." And I think, I think that's where it suffers the most.
1: I mean, I, and for me, that's what annoys me about it mm. because I mean, if it, Doctor Who's never been as half-assed as this. Yeah and is going to say, I would rather that you put something out that you put everything into, mm-hmm. but, you know, it was it flawed. Still yeah. But still failed, because at least you tried. Yeah. But with this, it, it felt like people, the, the wrong people, mm-hmm. like the people at the top of the show, mm-hmm. like, say, JNT, Saywood, were just like, yeah, whatever. Just put something out. Yeah. Which, I mean, because, again, thanks, Margaret Thatcher. Bitch.
0: <laughs> there should have been another way. It should have been another way. So, shall we wrap this up? Let's do that. Okay, so if you want to talk to us about Warriors of the Deep, you can do so at uh, you can email us at greatest show at simply syndicated.com, facebook.com slash greatest show in the galaxy podcast, or on Twitter at greatest show pod. Uh, whilst you're on simply syndicated or indeed SoundCloud, do check out some of our other shows, Topic trivia War 9000. I was going to say Star Wars 66, but that's not really. Never mind. Um. <laughs> <laughs> top it's gone somewhere else yes top five Rayguns and Go-Go Boots there's a few new shows coming down the pipeline as well so do check yep. them out
1: exactly also if you have a chest and want to cover it with fabric why not consider some simply syndicated styled fabric I have a kick-ass prepare the Night Arrows shirt epic callback to early days of movies you should see <laughs> there are many other beautiful pieces of apparel um, go get yourself something mm, indeed
0: so, with that being said, thank you very much, Emma. Thank you, Mike. And we will talk to you next time. <laughs> oh, actually, no, yes. we won't. Because we're going to have a bit of a summer break. Yes, because we're
1: both very hard at work because it's the summer holidays Yay. here in uh, the dear old U of K. But that means that both of our jobs are extremely busy, mm. unfortunately. So we're having a little break. Yeah,
0: and for the screaming children, bastards. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to get them banned, you know. Mm. Down with this sort of thing. Yes. So, but we'll be back in about mid-September when we'll be doing a special preview of uh, Series 9.
1: The Series 9 hype show. Get ready. Yes,
0: it is coming. So uh, take care Um, and bye-bye. Bye.